1: at $58.50. This is SRN News.
0: Eric Metaxas can't explain what's coming from the mainstream media. If it were a private
1: directive to Sessions, maybe you have something to talk about, but this is a
2: public tweets to millions of people to read and they are actually talking about it seriously as though it might constitute obstruction of justice this is above the fold in the headline
0: the eric metaxas show overnights at three on am 1280 the patriot intelligent radio
3: just past one o'clock on a saturday that means it's time for the headliner mitch berg and the northern alliance radio network you know We're the longest-running conservative talk station here in the Twin Cities, and the longest-running conservative local talk show is the Narn. Coming up next, here's that weekend forecast for today. 34 for the high, maybe a flurry tonight, low near 22. Otherwise, mostly cloudy mid-30s tomorrow. Should be in the low to mid-40s by early next week.
0: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
4: dingy institutional blue the northern alliance radio network am 1280 the patriot beginning year 16 dominating twin cities weekend radio which to all intents and purposes means dominating twin cities radio and let's be honest dominating twin cities media at least in the subject of bringing the truth that the mainstream media will not bring to you the people the people who need to be informed about these things, uh, my name is Mitch Berg. My blog, Shot in the Dark. Info itself, uh, going into its eighteenth year as one of Minnesota's premier political blogs. Um, also, one only remaining. They're not that many left. That's okay. Uh, the white, the right ones stuck it out. The rest of them, God love y'all. Uh, I, I, there was an awful lot of us who met and became quite a social circle back then, and uh, it was fun for fun while it lasted, and good for what it was. But I'm still plugging away at it because. I'm on a mission from God. well, in in a sense, I'm in a sense, I'm quoting the Blues Brothers, and in a sense, i'm 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 absolutely straight up when I say that. And I say that in full knowledge that this next subject, uh, the the big subject in the news this last couple of days, uh, is a touchy one for many people on an on an emotional, personal, and uh, political level. The massacre yesterday at the uh, various mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. Now, this is one of those things, and I I will say this, every, every so often over the past 15 years of this broadcast, I've had the dubious fortune to wind up discussing mass shootings. We've been through quite a few of them. During the tenure of this broadcast, uh, Virginia Tech, the Crossroads Mall, the Red Lake school shooting uh, in up in the Red Lake Indian Reservation, uh, the Accent signage shooting in, I believe, St. Louis, Golden Valley, Golden Valley. And, of course, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Pulse, uh, the Pulse nightclub, uh, of course, Parkland, Santa Fe, uh, Sunderland Springs. And... It's it's one of those things where, as someone who is a principled conservative and a someone who, because of those principles, is a orthodox Second Amendment activist, it's one of those things that makes me you know, take a deep breath, uh, smoke them if you got them, do a quick gut check, and say, "Well, okay, am I really? <laughs> how firm is the ground I'm on here? I mean, this is getting." This is some ugly stuff happening out there. As someone who started out in life uh, polit- uh, politically as a leftist and as an advocate for gun control, uh, those roots sometimes pull back. Not this time. Uh, not this time and not uh, in the case of another similar mass shooting, perhaps one the worst mass shooting in European history that didn't involve the Wehrmacht or the Red Army. Uh, the the uh, the Osteria shooting, the Anders Breivik shooting in in Norway, uh, several years five six years ago. Uh, th- these episodes do nothing but firm uh, <laughs> confirm my resolve. And by the way, they all do because when you look into the facts, uh, once you get past the emotional tug of these events, the facts invariably point you towards the correctness of. Enlightened Second Amendment activism, focusing on on the right of the individual to protect themselves, their property, their family, their community, and their freedom. And this was very much on display uh, in the Christchurch shootings. First of all, the 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 killer, the murderer, who uh, led the episode, like Anders Breivik, the uh, the the. Uh, the Norwegian uh, mass uh, murderer who uh, slaughtered something like 70 people, mostly children of a socialist youth group uh, who were at an encampment on an island and thus had a hard time uh, to impossible time escaping. By the way, using a gun that was completely illegal under Norwegian law. So uh, subject to every ramification of Norwegian gun control laws. And still, there he was, <laughs>
1: so
4: just by by the way, just like the terrorists who carried out the massacres, uh, the numerous massacres in Brussels and Paris and on the train between Belgium and France uh, a number of years ago that was broken up by the American heroes uh who were just granted honorary French citizenship uh, last month, by the way, uh, and... Also, the the shooters of the Bataclan, who murdered eighty people, actually over I believe it was over a hundred people, uh, two years ago in Paris at, at a number of different locations, uh, and the people who slaughtered over hundred people in Mumbai, India, uh, I believe that was close to ten years ago, who had weapons that were not legally available to anyone at all. In the case of the Mumbai shooters, not even available to the police. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, the 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 shooters in in uh, New Zealand New Zealand has slightly more liberal gun laws than neighboring Australia and much of Europe uh, they have gun laws similar to the laws that were uh, that are currently affecting places like California, new York, Connecticut everything 's got to have a permit. Uh, the permit is completely may issue that may issue is subject not only to all the usual background checks and paperwork but a rather probing interview by your local law enforcement who can decide for reasons completely inscrutable to anyone to deny you the permit to possess much less carry. That firearm and carry permits, by the way, as I understand, Norwe- uh, Norwegian, uh, both New Zealand and Norwegian law are unobtainable to common citizens, which makes the upcoming story uh, all the more uh, amazing. Quite frankly, so uh, the the manifesto that the murderer left us. Uh, well, we'll come back to that here. It was similar in many ways to that of Anders Breivik. He 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 was clearly demented. By the way, Berg's 18th law is in full effect. Berg's 18th law, in fact, says uh, that nothing the media writes or says about any emotionally charged am- uh, event, especially mass shootings, a police shooting, anything, anything, should be taken seriously for 48 hours after the original incident. It will largely be rubbish. As media outlets will vie to scoop each other, uh, even on incorrect facts, and we will see uh, we will see that. And that's by the way, at best, because not only will they scoop each other on incorrect facts, but they will suppress the facts that don't jibe with the narrative that they want to portray. Oh yes, we'll come back to that. Indications, by the way, so the 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 murderer or murderers. Uh, were driven by a deep level of bigotry, but also a certain demented narcissism. Uh, The manifesto that uh, was left combines uh, references to being fascist and to being socialist, not that they're necessarily incompatible or incongruent with each other, uh, but spoke of a desire to foment revolution in the United States. Uh, We will come back to that later on in this uh, segment here. But here's the part that I think needs to be stressed and that the American media will not cover. Or if they do, it will be under the table and in whispers and out on the uh, the, the uh, in the fiefdom of, of the of the conservative media and the pro-gun media. But indications are this. There were two mosques that were attacked. The large mosque in Christchurch uh, that was the subject of the uninterrupted seven, I believe, seven minutes shooting spree that left the bulk of the 49 casualties dead and another mosque in Linwood the in the Linwood neighborhood of Christchurch where there was a very different denouement indications are that the attack uh which was carried out by more than one person uh whose motivations and manifesto uh are, are that of a demented pseudo terrorist and pseudo revolutionary, quite frankly, a nut bar, uh, was ended by a good guy with a gun. In this case, a good Muslim with a gun. Uh, I saw this first yesterday when Ryan Saavedra uh, tweeted the New Zealand Herald reported the shooting at the second mosque in Linwood was stopped by an armed Muslim who chased the shooters and fired two shots at them as they sped away. This is from the mainstream media in New Zealand. Uh, another person is quoted as saying a well-known Muslim local chased the shooters and fired two shots at them as they sped off, which by the way, yet again, yet again, as every time where this is applicable we find that a good guy with a gun is the difference between life and death for God only knows how many people. We don't know how many lives were saved by this good congregant with a firearm that, by the way, we don't know the details. Berg's 18th law is still in effect. So we have no ironclad confirmation of any of this, but by all indications, it would appear uh, that that some congregant at the second of the mosques that was attacked had access to a firearm, a difficult to obtain under New Zealand law firearm, perhaps carrying it uh, illegally without the need of a with, without bothering to get a permit on the assumption it's better to be judged by a jury than carried by a party of pallbearers after a spree killer has done their worst. But by all rational indications at this point, it would appear rationally that the death toll was chopped into a fraction of what it might have been by the presence of a good congregant with a gun. And this isn't the first time this has happened. And if you are literate, a literate member of the Second Amendment movement, I say again, literate, not a I say again, a literate, not an illiterate, no someone who pays attention to the issue, you will find there are a substantial number of episodes just like this, where a mass shooting is thwarted by a good person, not always a guy, a good person with a gun who knows how to use it, who has the resolve and the means, and with a little luck, the legal empowerment to use that firearm to defend their life, their property, their family, their fellow human being, in this case. We'll find out hopefully more about this as the situation develops and as uh, the strictures of Berg's 18th law fade into the distance as we get past the 48, sometimes 72-hour limits that govern the physics, if you will, of Berg's 18th law. But when you see the illogical, factually vacant hamsters of the likes of Protect Minnesota, of Moms Demand Action, of every town, saying the good guy with a gun never really does any good. In fact, they put themselves and the people around them in more danger. And they're uh, just an accident waiting to happen. And we don't know that they're not going to snap and go off and start shooting people. And they might shoot the wrong person at run. Shut up! Shut them up, politely, if, but, but shut them up. They have no right to slander the motivations and, quite honestly, the results of the law-abiding citizen in defending themselves, their lives, their families, their fellow human being, their fellow congregants, from the depredations of the narcissistic, shut them up with the reality that that history shows us. Armed people don't get slaughtered. Armed Jews don't get herded into boxcars. Armed gays don't get gunned down in their bars. Armed... Worshippers don't get slaughtered in their pews or on their prayer mats. The the ability to deter this sort of depredation is so much better than having to actually fight it face-to-face. Oh, we'll come back to that. 651-289-4488. Yeah, I'm upset. Prove me wrong. I'll be right back.
2: And
1: only outlaws have guns And you can't walk the street
3: Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was it was just icing on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, to serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here along with our general manager, Nick Anderson. We're highlighting our March Mayhem event. March Mayhem? March Mayhem. <laughs> this is a great deal. This is the first time we've ever done this. It is. It's giving you an opportunity, if you're a business owner, a non, uh, somebody who runs a nonprofit, to take advantage and really
1: grow your business. Yeah, and this is a really cool package. It's a $2,500 advertising package, regularly priced $4,000. So it's $1,500 off. And here's what you get. You get access to 50,000 of your best prospects. Contact names are your best prospects. Plus, ready? Plus, you get 25 radio commercials here to use in the month of March. And once the snow melts, it is going to be home improvement central. So if you're a home improvement company, now is the time to take advantage of this sale. Yeah. And how do they take advantage of this? You have to be in the queue. We only have 10 of these packages. We've already sold one. So we have nine remaining. Here's how you get in the queue. You call our March Mayhem Hotline, 651-289-4444. 651-289-4444. We have to get you in the queue so we can keep track of it. But you leave your name, your number on the voicemail, and we'll get back to you.
3: And the neat thing is about this, too, we're going to help you through this whole thing. We'll provide the contacts. We're going to help you develop the campaign execute the campaign, write, produce the commercials, get everything done, basically turnkey.
1: This is very turnkey. You know what? We work with a lot of small and medium-sized businesses. We know you have to work on your business, and you have to make money. Let us do the heavy lifting. Come and try us.
3: The best way to do it, March Mayhem Hotline, 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444. 44. We'll get right back to you, get you in the queue, and take advantage of this great offer. It's our March Mayhem event, 651 289 4444.
4: AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 289 Join us, would you please? Also on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's N N-A-R-N A R N Show. Hey, don't forget AM12A The Patriot hosting a special March Mayhem sale for all business owners and nonprofits. Go to AM12AThePatriot.com for details. It's a great deal if you need to advertise a business, which. Is what we are in the, the business of doing. Check it out: AM twelve eighty, the Talking about the New Zealand shooting yesterday. The similarities between this and uh, Anders Breivik, the fellow who was the, uh, the, the <laughs> behind the, the sole shooter at the Asturias shooting. In uh, in Norway a number of years ago. By the way, I'm I'm pronouncing the island uh, with the full Norwegian accent, just as my little shot across the bow at Minnesota and National Public Radio, who who for whatever reason will use words like Oslo and Berlin and Warsaw and Moscow instead of Oslo Berlin Warsaw Moskva, uh, because apparently it's cool to. Wrap your mouth around Spanish uh, <laughs> names uh, like your Ricardo Montalban sprung from the dead, but uh, everything outside of Central America and perhaps uh, metropolitan Spain is just too hard. Anyway, the Asturias shooting uh, a number of years ago, very similar to the New Zealand shooting, and that uh, what we have is a apparently very a uh, person who is exceptionally deluded about the influence he has on this world and the impact that his attempt to go out with a blaze of glory is going to bring to the world around him now rush led by yesterday i am told because i am working during the day i don't get to listen to rush very much uh, if ever these days it's been over a year uh apparently throughout the theory i'm told who knows that uh that he was referring this could be a, a false flag Operation put on by the left. It's it's one of those theories that the Alex Jones crowd, Jones crowd throws out periodically when uh, something like this happens. Uh, the simple explanation is usually the correct explanation. You've got a nutcase, and yet there's a certain amount of mutual interest involved here. Uh, the New Zealand. Oh, by the way, this is from uh, this is from Alam uh, Bukmari at Breitbart. Quote the New Zealand shooters manifesto, which will not be linked to here is a mix of avowed white supremacist sentiment and suggested tactics to fellow extremists, including his declared intention to exploit racial, cultural, and political divisions in the United States. According to his manifesto, the shooter who massacred civilians at two mosques in New Zealand's uh, capital city of Christchurch not capital, but largest city of Christchurch uh, appears to subscribe to a number of ideologies. The document is riddled with white nationalist chanting points, and the shooter describes himself as, quote, <clears throat> fascist, end quote. He also castigates Muslims as, quote, the most despised group of invaders in the West, end quote. Yet elsewhere in the document, the shooter describes himself as a socialist, quote, depending on the definition, end quote. <laughs> the shooter also declares his support for quote environmentalism, workers' rights, and and I quote responsible markets. On the one hand, uh, Breitbart continues the manifesto presents the political left as an enemy that conducted a march through the institutions and describes and quote anti fa and communists and Marxists as anti white scum. Elsewhere. The shooter writes that, under some definitions, he is both on the right and the left. Elsewhere, though, the shooter disparages conservatism and declines to identify with it, writing that, quote, conservatism is dead, thank God, and calling it, quote, corporatism in disguise. Conservatives, he says, don't even believe in the race. They don't have the gall to say race exists and don't even care if it does. Well, yeah. Yeah. American conservatism rebuked the notion of racial identity as a dispositive political factor with the Sharon Declaration in 1960. Anyway, uh, sorry, quote, the notion of racial future or destiny is as foreign to them as social responsibility. So what we have here is a dog's breakfast of mix-and-match cafeteria ideological chanting points that if you've ever had to conduct a conversation with someone who is severely dissociative, and yet functions well enough to be outside an institution, which is most of them these days, let's be honest. You find that complete ideological incongruency is no doesn't doesn't stop anything. In fact, I've had the <laughs> privilege in my life of having to interact with a number of people in a variety of contexts who are somewhat dissociative, let's just say. Uh one person who's somewhat involved in politics, uh, maybe a couple. One person who's mm, kind of a peripheral player in the gun rights uh, community. Well, no, he's not even a peripheral player. He's a, he's a social media commander whose dissociative nature, let's just say, is is readily apparent in his social media presence. At any rate, you find that they have no concept jumping, uh, no problem rather, jumping from concept to concept without regard to things that have no. Ideological congruence with each other. It you will say this for Anders Breivik, he was insane. He was a sociopath. He was a psychopath. He uh, his the, the thought of causing suffering uh, for other people didn't matter to him in the least. As clearly didn't matter for the purp or perps in New Zealand. But uh, his manifesto is as demented as it was was somewhat ideologically, somewhat ideologically congruent, more so than the New Zealand one. Uh, Parts of the manifesto, by the way, according to Breitbart, appear to be insincere trolling, aimed at sowing confusion about his motivations. At one point, the shooter blames his action on popular video game titles, saying, Spyro the Dragon taught me ethno-nationalism, and that, quote, Fortnite trained me to be a killer. In other parts of the document the shooter identifies Candace Owens, the American black conservative, obviously neither a white nationalist nor a supporter of violence as quote the person who has influenced me above all. <laughs> In a video posted online the shooter also tells viewers to subscribe to a pseudonym for a uh, comedian and video game streamer who runs the most subscribed channel on YouTube and whose content is pretty much non-political. At any rate, it it seems from looking at the manifesto, which, by the way, is becoming harder and harder to find out there, part of it is a result of government censorship, uh, part of it is the result of of, of tech companies uh, suppressing access to it, it and the chilling first-person video of, of the shooter actually going about his rounds yesterday murdering people. And in a sense, it's infuriating to to think that this kind of censorship is happening. And on the other hand, what have we conservatives been asking for? For people to stop glorifying these murderers, for people to stop giving them what they want, fame. For giving them what they want, notoriety. Notoriety. For making their big final blaze of glory in life, although like Breivik, the shooter in New Zealand uh, is alive and in custody. Uh, For giving them the fame, the notoriety, the, the infamy that they seek just creates more of them. I mean, it is a known fact. Research has shown us. A number of the most recent school shooters have cited previous school shooters in their social media as their inspiration for how they plan to go out in their big blaze of glory in this world. So on the one hand, censorship is galling. You want your information, you want it now. You don't want Big Brother or Big Corporation getting in your way. On the other hand, that's what we've been asking for, isn't it? Stop giving these narcissistic, demented sociopaths and psychopaths the infamy and fame they want. That's a fine line. At any rate, the point being, the New Zealand murderer, as part of a rambling and disjointed manifesto, included, and again, uh, quoting Breitbart, his declared intention to exploit racial, cultural, and political divisions in the United States. And no sooner are racial, cultural, and political divisions mentioned than the poster child for all three conditions, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, steps onto the scene, slamming the NRA after the mass shootings at two New Zealand mosques that left at least 49 people dead and 20 injured, according to Newsweek, asking, what good was offering thoughts and prayers when they don't even keep the pews safe? Uh, nobody ever said a prayer will keep you safe, physically safe in this world. It goes a little beyond that. Second of all, the NRA has no impact on Australian or I mean, New Zealand or Australian policy. Third of all, sorry, uh, Representative Ocasio Cortez, but you're wrong. Thoughts and prayers do much more to to help resolve a problem. Uh, than t- taking your first knee-jerk response, emotion-driven response, whatever kind of problem you're trying to solve, that it's solved better with a few moments of thought, a deep breath. Call it meditation. Call it thinking. Call it prayer. Call it asking for divine intervention. Call it whatever you want. Thinking is better than lashing out. Pat Garofalo joins us next, talking fraud.
6: I remember feeling so desperate and so trapped. I was surrounded by family and friends that loved me. Any one of them would have listened to me, but I was so afraid of opening up to them, too embarrassed to talk about what was causing me so much pain. It felt like torture to be so close to people that would have loved to help me and yet too embarrassed to ask for help. And then a few weeks ago, I heard about faithful counseling here on the radio. Christian counselors, fellow believers, trusted therapists who not only share my faith, but could actually help me. They want to give you a free week so you can try them out. You can begin a conversation by text or phone, even video conferencing in the privacy of your own home. Why not give it a try? If it's not for you, cancel during your first week and you won't pay a dime. Go to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. It's time to talk to someone who can help. Go now to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. It's so easy to get started and your first week is free. Go to tryfaithfulcounseling.com.
4: Hi, we're here with Alexander Green, four-time best-selling author and chief investment strategist of the Oxford Club.
0: Alex is a stock picking legend. He calls six of the best stocks of the past 20 years, including Apple, Intuitive Surgical, Netflix, Varyon, Amazon, and Celgene. Now Alex, I understand you're targeting a new stock. Yes, it's a cutting-edge tech company making blockbuster deals. I'm talking about $450 million with Nokia, $395 million with Microsoft, and a $29.2 billion deal with Apple. The the company is set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America. And Donald Trump himself even calls what they're doing the eighth wonder of the world. Yet you've likely never even heard of it because this $3 stock trades under a secret name.
1: Alex just got
0: on stage in front of a packed crowd to talk about this secret stock. And you can see his free presentation at OneStockRetirement.com. Don't wait on this. We expect the stock to make big national
2: news in March. Go to OneStockRetirement.com now. I'm Jan Markell, helping you understand the times.
5: percentage of the population that views electing nationalistic leadership as a potentially harmful prospect leaders that
4: fight for the best interests of their own nations is now viewed as a bad thing.
2: A one-world system is celebrated around the world. Globalism is painted as utopia. All will have equal pay, equal rights. A poll by the World Economic Forum suggests that most of the world would be fine with a single government and a single one-world leader. Do they know they are cheering for the antichrist system that will reign during the tribulation? That's the only time the world will be as one as outlined in Revelation 13, and it will have an incredibly short shelf life, just seven years. A one-world system is not God's idea. It is a diabolical proposal that will ignominiously fail. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. AM
4: 1280, The Patriot. A.M. uh, Northern Lives Radio Network. 651-289-4488, the number to call. If you've been hiding under a rock, maybe you recall a bit of a scandal in St. Paul last year. Turns out an investigative report showed tens, perhaps over $100 million, was defrauded. From uh, Minnesota's Child Care Subsidy Program, uh, an investigation followed by the Office of the Legislative Auditor, and uh, with us to discuss the report that was released this past week with the final results, uh, Representative Pat Garofalo. Pat, welcome back to the broadcast today.
7: Good afternoon, Mitch. How are you doing today?
4: Uh, you know what they say, the worst day on the air is better than the best day off the air. So I'm, I'm totally primed here today. (laughs) Anyway, so let's, first of all, let's go into some background, Representative Garofalo. Tell us a little bit about the scandal that was originally uncovered last, during, toward the closing days of the last session about the amount of money that was being pillaged from taxpayer coffers.
7: Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, A little bit of explanation about the program, because sometimes in government speak, people use these acronyms, and they talk about these programs. But in Minnesota, there's a program called the Child Care Assistance Program, or what's commonly referred to as CCAP. And this is a program that spends about $250 million a year. Uh, About half of it comes from the federal government, half comes from state sources. And the program is well-intentioned. What it's supposed to do is help transition people from welfare to work. And as a strategy for that, what it does is it's intended to help uh, subsidize and pay for part of daycare for people who have kids and are not part of the workforce. But as you would expect with any uh, well-intentioned program, there are problems with it. And this is something that's been going on uh, not only in Minnesota but across the nation that the, the Federal Government Accountability Office has cited this program as being very vulnerable to fraud. If you think about it, if a a parent is in on it and the business operator is in on it, it's very difficult to detect um, fraud in this program. So this is something that for years uh, a lot of conservatives have been trying to rein in the program with better licensing, uh, better auditing functions. It used to be that you could just have kids, you know, be sick for a year and not even show up to daycare, and they would still get funded for it. So we've tried to make some changes there. We've created a... Uh, an office of investigations that focus. There's 14 investigators who just focus on fraud, but obviously those are all in a re- reactive nature. So this kind of sets the table for what came out with, with the uh, Fox Nine story last year, where uh, they speculated that up to half of the program, a hundred million dollars a
0: year, is actually fraudulent. Wow. Um, I was, yeah, so,
4: do- I was going to ask hundred million. I was going to do- ask hundred million dollars over how long? No, I'd forgotten. It is per year, isn't it? I mean, about forty percent of the appropriation is was alleged to have been pilfered. So, uh, yeah, carry yeah, on, and, representative.
7: Right, and so these are these are men and women who, and again, in the investigators' office, who tend to have a law enforcement background. These are not human service social workers. So they. You know they can spot out and root these things, root these things out quite quickly, and they've been very vocal about the fact that this is a program that has serious problems. And last year, this kind of came to their head when Fox Nine um, spoke with an employee who was outside of that, not one of the investigators, someone else who um, um, works in DHS, and they they said that this money was being used to fund terrorism overseas that literally people were going through the Minneapolis St. Paul airport. They were using the CCAP program to, to fraudulently steal money from taxpayers. Uh, they were cashing out and then they were flying over to Somalia and using this to fund terrorist operations. Now uh, the office of the legislative auditor was not able to verify those specific allegations. Uh, You can imagine that, you know, there are people who um, are engaging in fraud and they are taking cash and once you have cash, it's very difficult to prove where that money has gone. Right. However, one one of the things, and and by the way, I put a link to the report out on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is Pat Garofalo, uh, P A T, and the vowels are A O A O. So P A T G A R O F A L O. I put it on my Twitter account as well as my Facebook page, so people can read the Office of the Legislative Auditor to report for themselves. And it's a pretty, I mean, it's pretty damning. And one of the things they do highlight in there is that there was a federal initiative um, uprooting something called Operation Rhino. Now, that doesn't mean Republican in name only. It's actually Rhino, R-H-I-N-O, um, <laughs> where they, um, you know, there, were, there was a significant investigation that people were charged and convicted of supporting terrorism overseas. And one of the people who was uh, convicted in that trial is actually the brother of of a person who of a woman who ran a fraudulent daycare scheme in Minnesota, and who, when was on bail, jumped bail and fled the country. So there are ancillary connections to this. There are there's a there's a lot of smoke, but they can't definitively say, "Hey, here's where the cash is, and here's where it went." Uh, but what we do have is we have a, a long, uh, in other states as well as the federal government citing that this program is very susceptible to fraud. Uh, we have investigators who have highlighted this and have been able to recover uh, close to $6 million in convictions and uh, civil judgments for fraudulent cases mm-hmm. and a, a track a track record of really lax reporting. And uh, again, for many years, conservatives in Minnesota have been fighting this, trying to reform it. And I think that there is there's a growing consensus now, at least my opinion, is that this program we've We've tried to fix it. It's a well-intentioned program, right? And right. Like we certainly want to we want to transition people from welfare to work, but there is a starting to be a growing momentum that maybe we just need to end this program and that we just need to get rid of it. Not as much as a budget-saving measure. Again, you're talking about um, half the money comes from the federal government, but more importantly is that this is this is bad for kids, right? Because they're not getting the quality. They're not getting instruction and daycare services they need. It's bad for taxpayers because they're getting ripped off. Yeah. Uh,
4: and it's bad and, for and poor it, people. It, 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 I mean, legit, very legitimately. I mean, the costs of daycare in Minnesota, one of the most expensive states in the country for daycare, does uh, preclude a lot of people from getting off of welfare in the first place. And, and the, the, idea, the idea of be able to support that transition would, in the long term, save us an awful lot of money. That's the theory. I think there's some merit to it. So absolutely. So uh, Representative Garofalo, so now that we have this, this knowledge from the uh, Office of the Legislative Auditor. And by the way, the OLA has, in my experience, over the last 15 years of watching it, investigate all manner of different shenanigans uh, in in St. Paul. Uh, It has been, near as I can tell, far above reproach. I mean, in terms of its nonpartisanship, its focus on fact, its ability to just dig into and find what's actually going on. I don't think that's a, an unfair characterization, uh, that Jim Noble's office is, is uh, generally regarded as having a great deal of integrity. Uh, but I would have to assume with this information that the House DFL majority and under uh, representatives Hortman and Winkler has leapt into action and deployed legions of legislation to to combat this this uh, problem, Representative Garofalo. I, I, I'm assuming that's correct.
7: Well, first of all, your comments about the Office of the Legislative Auditor are 100% correct. And I want to make sure your listeners know, we're not talking about the state auditor. We're right. not talking about... The person who used to be Rebecca Otto and is now Julie Blaha, that's a totally different office. This is uh, the legislative auditor where they are tasked with the responsibility of auditing certain government programs and finding out what we do right, what we do wrong, and making suggestions. And so their work, i mean, if if people want to understand government and the areas where we could be improving, simply going to their website and just reading through their reports will give you a great understanding of things. But, um, no, I mean, the the Senate uh, Republican majority has had hearings this week. Uh, This week, uh, Republicans in the House tried forcing um, uh, a person to be subpoenaed who has been unresponsive to some questions regarding this investigation. Uh, That has been blocked by the DFL majority so far. And, um, unfortunately, there seems to be a kind of going the other way. There's many people on the left whose response to this child care fraud is to claim that this is somehow um, racism, that it's uh, Islamophobia, and that's just simply not the case. I mean, at the end of the day, this money is intended to help kids get good daycare. It's to help parents transition from welfare to work, and it's meant to give good value to the taxpayer. Right now, all three are getting ripped off. And sadly, um, you know the, those parents who are on waiting lists right now, who want to get into the workforce and can't because of their daycare situation, they're the ones that are hurt the most. And it's quite frustrating because, we, again, we've made concerted efforts to fix this program, um, but I think it's, it's clear that either we need to make significant structural reforms, uh, and that includes making the rules more formidable so that it's easier to enforce these laws. Um, one of the cases that's highlighted in the Office of the Legislative Auditor is that Um, They set up two cameras outside of a facility monitoring the number of children that were coming in and out and then comparing it to the billing records that were being sent to the state. And uh, this person, um, this operator, claims that, well, there's a third entrance that they didn't know about that kids were using. and That's where all the kids were coming in. Uh, You can imagine
0: that.
7: Yeah, so you can imagine, too, that when you have, you know, one of the other scam operations that are run is that, uh, these daycare centers will you know they'll put a, a parent on the payroll and then have their kids be quote unquote in the program. Right. And so they get paid by the state, you know, it get paid by the state to watch their kids. And it's a it's a again a program that is not only in Minnesota but there's been reports in Wisconsin has been highlighted by the federal government as being vulnerable to fraud. And so we're either going to have to redesign this program or terminate it, because having a program where up to half of the money is being used for fraud is just, that doesn't work for us where we want to go with our state.
4: So you've mentioned, uh, by the way, we're talking with Representative Pat Garofalo uh, from Apple Valley. So we've mentioned either enforcing, tightening up, and uh, expanding the accountability for the rules that do exist, or redesigning the program and and bringing some accountability to it, or Terminating it, starting over from scratch with something uh, with with entirely new ground rules. Does all make eminent sense? All three at various levels. Uh, but what can actually be done given the fact that the DFL uh, controls uh, the, the House of Representatives at this point and the governor's office for that matter? What what can be done?
7: Well, first of all, Mitch, don't insult me by saying I'm from Apple Valley. I'm from Farmington.
2: Oh, that's right. That We've
7: got just, <laughs> I got to correct that issue. That's I, right. I lived in Apple. I lived in Apple Valley uh, when you and I worked together back in the nineteen nineties. But I, more. I live in. Uh, I live in Farmington, now. That's right. I'm that's having IT of...
4: shop flashbacks. Sorry about that. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> From Farmington. Carry on. <laughs> so, so no, I mean, I think you know.
7: First of all, you know, and you can start this, but you know, fraud enforcement is a way to address that, but that's reactive and it's very expensive and it's just very difficult when you have some parents and some operators in on the scam, it's just very hard. They can use excuses like, well, you know, little Johnny was sick the two weeks that you were auditing that location. That's why he wasn't there. And as you know, I mean, it's one thing to establish probable cause to arrest someone, but when you have to convict, you got to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. So doing things like tightening up the number of sick days, a person is allowed to be gone or a child is allowed to be gone from a facility. That's part of it. But, you know, on the reactive side, but more on the proactive side is the licensing for these places that get CCAP assistance, um, you know, simple things like background checks. Uh, right now, the attendance figures are done in you know, scribbled on pieces of paper. Uh, there's limited, you know, video surveillance is one of the ways that they're able to do this. But on the front end, making sure we capture that and then having more uh, giving these investigators more tools to be able to suspend these operations when they suspect that criminal activities are, are being engaged in. And so it's kind of a multi-pronged approach but at the end of the day we have to recognize that this is a, this requires you know vigilance and a culture change in state government to not just keep writing the checks but to actually ferret out this enforcement. And one of the again one of the excuses that's being used, by some of these perpetrators is the moment that the investigators arrest them or charge them or uh, are investigating them they cry racism. And that's just simply, um, that's not acceptable. That's that's not what's going on here. These investigators are very professional. Again, most have a law enforcement background. And when they talk about uh, the high rate of, of fraud in this program, it's not because they have an agenda. It's because they were tasked with investigating these things and they see you know absolutely ridiculous claims like seventy kids are being served at the daycare center, <laughs> and when they go to when when they go to visit it, the place is closed, the lights are off, and no one's there yeah and it's just it just in this is it goes beyond uh, the pale to obviously examine examine the fact that people that taxpayers are getting ripped off
4: of course yelling the r word is a get out of jail card in terms of media coverage if such is ever forthcoming representative garofala from <clears throat> farmington we got about uh, 40 seconds remaining what can people do to help influence this issue in the right direction obviously reading they're obviously reading the ola report and i'll post a link to that shot in the dark dot info as well here for those who are interested but what else can people do to help out on this issue
7: Yeah, as you mentioned, like reading the report, if they have free time, it's a, you know, being a more informed citizen is always a good thing. But also just, you know, contact your state legislator, whether they're a Republican or DFL, and tell them that, you know, you've read the report, you're aware of this, and you really as a taxpayer want to see this end. And it's not about, you know, just blowing up the program, but it's a matter of providing better value to the taxpayer. That's the purpose of the program is to help parents and help kids, and instead it's being used to fund fraud. Well, that program needs to either be reformed or eliminated, and that's just simple common sense. So reaching out to uh, reaching out to your your state representative, your state senator, uh, that makes a big difference. And so, as always, the more you stay in contact with your elected officials, uh, the more responsive they're going to be.
4: Representative Pat Garofalo from Farmington, thanks for coming on the broadcast here today and uh, discussing this with us. Let's stay in touch with us. I'm dying to see where this goes forward as through the rest of the session here.
7: Absolutely. Good talking with you. Thanks for having
4: me on. Likewise. Uh, Thanks a lot, Representative Pat Garofalo, uh, joining us here. When we come back, uh, more on the news of the week as we get ready for Senator Dave Osmond to join us after the top of the hour. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. AM twelve eighty, the
0: Patriot.
5: First Mortgages, Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, 19500 Jamboree Road, Irvine, California, 92612, MLS 128231. Equal housing lender not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Okay, here's the deal. You're a freelancer, a hired hand, a self-made, self-owned business of one. Whether you're a contractor, creative director, or consultant, you're the boss. And that makes things easy. Unless, of course, you're trying to get a mortgage. When it comes to qualifying for a cash-out refi, gig economy workers come with more obstacles, more complexities, and more stress, right? Wrong. Dial 800-815-0745, and one of our cash-out mortgage specialists will help you qualify for the lowest interest loan possible, regardless of your source of income. It's the easiest call you'll make all day. Dial 800-815-0745. That's 800-815-0745. Make the cash call today. That's 800-815-0745.
1: Come on into the Rack Shack's New Egan location and wrap your taste buds around the Patriot Burger. Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, here with Keith Hittner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue. How are you liking that New Egan location? Oh man, Egan is wonderful. We have so much more space and a dynamic center that allows us to better serve our in-store customer as well as our catering clients. You know, Keith, our listeners love the Patriot Burger almost as much as the Patriot. It's a brisket and chuck half pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly flies out of the top of the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Get it? $12.80? Best burger in the USA. You really have to try it today at the Rack Shack Barbecue's new Egan location. We're just a mile east of Cedar Avenue on Cliff Road in the heart of Cedar Cliff Center. You'll love our new digs. Come and see us today, or join us at rackshackbarbecue.com. Rack
0: Barbecue,
7: This is Dan Proff for townhall.com. If you have to pass a resolution saying we in the House won't tolerate anti-Semitism, what does that say about what you in the House have really been tolerating? Even more astounding than the panoply of vile statements that earned Representative Ilhan Omar an endorsement from the KKK's David Duke is the enabling of anti-Semitism by Jewish members of Congress. The whole Omar affair is illustrative of identity politics. The pursuit of political power demands some cultural Marxists create an identity, while others abandon theirs. The key is everyone plays nice on the noxious intersectional playground. So Rachel Dolezal is is black, Caitlyn
5: Bruce Jenner is a woman, and Representative Jan Schakowsky is an apologist for anti-Semitism who chalks up Omar's intemperance to a cultural difference, suggesting that Omar didn't say what she said and didn't mean what she meant. It turns out hate does have a home on the left.
0: I'm Dan Proff. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree, offered on its most beautiful campus. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.
4: AM 1280, uh, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Join me. The best things in life are free, but you can keep
7: them for the
4: best. And
7: please now give me more. I will
4: be posting the link to uh, Representative Garoppolo's page wherein he lists the uh, legislative auditor's report, actually gives a link directly to the report, and I, I will emphasize what I said earlier that uh, Representative Garofalo emphasized for me, which is that while you can criticize an awful lot of uh, the arms of, of Minnesota state government, and we do, trust me, uh, the vast majority of it, in fact, they, and, and by the way, uh, the the Office of the Legislative Auditor is not to be confused with the State Auditor's Office. Absolutely not. No, I've been dealing with Jim Noble's office for Uh, 15 years, really. I mean, covering a story that he uh, covered uh, as an auditor's report, uh, put my blog uh, in the big leagues in terms of Minnesota uh, blogging 15 years ago. And uh, uh, he's... That, that office is solid people and they, they are, they are the real deal here, folks. So if it comes to the office of the legislative auditor, as opposed to Julie Blaha, uh, then, uh, you you can probably take it to the bank, as it were, if, assuming, uh, it's not part of the C-Chip program and, and hasn't been taken from the bank and sent to God only knows where. Anyway. Go, uh, and, and this is important stuff, ladies and gentlemen, because, uh, if you can't trust the institutions around you, whatever they are, uh, then democracy basically eventually becomes inevitably impossible. Self-government only works if you trust your fellow humans in that endeavor to govern ourselves. And this covers all of the institutions that that, that participate in the government of a society. You have to be able to trust the FBI. Oh, wait. <laughs> you have to be able to trust the, the attorney general's office. Oh, doggone it. Well okay when it comes to keeping government accountable i mean it helps it would help if there were some some institution with printing presses and transmitters and and servers that was served by a, a group of people perhaps who saw themselves as as high priests of information called upon to comfort the afflicted and the comfortable uh to 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 serve as a counterbalance in the private sector upon government uh perhaps a, a mass media, oh, darn, yet another institution we can't really trust to keep our government accountable. Perhaps if we had uh, so, some, so, some uh, office, say, here at the state level that was aimed at keeping government accountable, fiscally and legally, say, oh, I don't know, a state auditor. Darn it! What the heck? Everywhere I turn, our institutions are, are under attack by, by partisan narrative mongers. Why? Perhaps the Office of the Attorney General here in the state of... Mid- oh, darn it! Darn it! Everywhere I go, our institutions have been subsumed to the service of a narrative. I think it's just time to retreat back to college and teach the next generation... Oh! No! That's gone, too. Perhaps we have to start in elementary and high school. Oh, darn. Well, you still have the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. You can trust us as an institution uh, to, to bring you the facts, the truth, et cetera. Coming up after the top of the hour, Senator Dave Osmek joins us to talk about legislative shenanigans And much more. Go nowhere. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriots.
0: Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952 5442837 that's 9525442837 or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no cost financial review today
6: registered representative of and independent of questar capital corporation member finra sipc advisory services offered through questar asset management
2: does your office need a little tlc do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky and isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago if so i've got the solution Or you could visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is non-political and totally educational.
6: A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception.
1: Americans for Prosperity is getting past the headlines and diving into the details on the policies that affect you. There's a lot of work to be done to make our state a better place to live, work, and raise a family. Americans for Prosperity is committed to providing you with a full story on policies that help improve people's lives. Tune into Americans for Prosperity radio every Saturday at 4 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot to learn how you can help remove barriers to opportunity for all
0: Minnesotans.